Hi everyone. In the last video, I tried to draw the distinction between literacy and language arts. Because we're moving in the direction of trying to understand how we cultivate literacy in the classrooms of our students. In order to further the under, your understanding, I want to begin by suggesting that earlier I talked about the end of education being individuals who are highly literate and who have the knowledge, skills, and affect to adapt and adopt to life in the 21st century. We know that life is changing in unbelievable ways. And our job as classroom educators, no matter where we are in the spectrum, primary, junior, senior, uh, post-secondary, and so on, our job is to cultivate knowledge, and affect, and skills in our students that will enable them to survive and thrive in the 21st century. If our students do that, then our society will do that. So to help you understand where I'm going, I want you to think about newborns. Yep, that's it, newborn babies. And if you had a newborn, how would you, how do you think the senses develop in newborn children? If I were in front of you, I would give you a chance to talk and make your case. I'm going to give you a chance to think about that for a minute. Which senses come out first and in what order do they develop after that? So obviously, the first sense is taste. Then we go to smell then we go to sight, then we go to touch, and then we go to feel. If you think about it, what do all new parents or parents expect, couples expecting babies do? What do they do? They create an environment in a crib or in a nursery with things for the child to look at and to enjoy, to stimulate the senses. So at one level, from now, from that point, until the end of their lives, our lives, it's all about stimulating our senses, taking information in from the world around us and making sense of it. So, Newborn parents, I don't know about you, but I remember how excited we got when our firstborn, a daughter, could lift up her head and look at us in the eye, and we'd say, and smile, and we'd comment on the fact that she was interacting with us. She was responding to us. She was sensing us and learning something about us. We got very excited 
when they started to smile and then you knew they were looking around. So that's where conceptual development begins. From the very beginning, babies, from the time they're newborn, are developing concepts. We don't think of it, but their minds are developing. From the time they're born, their minds are developing. They're developing an understanding of what a mother is and what a father is. And what are all these people around us? We have a three-year-old now as a granddaughter. And we actually have a newborn. But we'll focus on the, the three-year-old. Our three-year-old granddaughter is learning all the time. She's picking up things, she's looking at things, she's thinking about things, she's interacting with her environment. And her conceptual development is growing by leaps and bounds. Who are these people she's living with? Who are these people? What are the things that they're providing? What are colors? What are numbers? What are foods? What do I like? What don't I like? And so on. She's constantly learning. But she's not learning facts. She's not learning skills yet. And she's only beginning to learn affects. But what she is learning is she's developing an understanding of all the things in her environment. And how those things change from day to day, from minute to minute. Okay. So now, let's take that newborn and think about how that newborn communicates with us. Because remember, our understanding of what our students accomplish as students, and we as teachers, we can only assess what they're learning by what they communicate. So what do we communicate first? What comes out first? So, if you think about it, the first of the language arts is listening. Because even when they're babies, if there's a noise in the room, they respond. Their bodies respond. They hear things first. Then they start to imitate the sounds they're hearing. If they can't hear, they can't imitate the sounds. Once they've learned how to attune their senses to hearing and they start to develop their words, their language, we start to help them refine their language and we start to give them words for things. We all get excited when they say mama or papa or da or whatever. Names for things. Those names they give to things are the concepts. Their understanding of what these people are that, they're, that are in their environment. The next thing they do is they start to learn to mobilize. To manipulate a pencil or a pen or a magic marker today or a crayon and they start to learn how they can create things on a piece of paper, 
that depict something. And of course, we help them refine those skills because what we say is, is that a tree you drew? Is that an airplane you do? Who's that? Your mummy or your daddy? And we start to help them understand the connection between what they do with their hands and what ends up on the paper. And then after that, only after that, do they start to develop language, uh, reading rather, sorry. They start to be able to understand that the letters on the page that we point to make sounds and over time we help them begin to understand the connection between what they see in the paper and the sounds those things make and the words that they create so over time it's their senses and their interactions with the environment that takes them from their beginning to understand what concepts are they don't know the word concept, but they're beginning to understand what's cold, what's hot, what's happy, what's sad, what's a bed, what's a diet, what's a dirty diaper, and what's a clean diaper, and what's tasty and what's not tasty. What do I like and what don't I like? And who are the people that I see all the time? And how do I feel about them? So from the beginning, they're learning concepts about the world around them. And then at the end, when they begin to learn how to read, they begin to understand that there are words that they can read and write that give names to the concepts that they look at. Cow, cat, dog, run, sit, and so on. I'm being very simplified in what I'm saying, but I'm sure you understand. So over time, conceptual development becomes more involved. And while our children are starting to learn how to manipulate and they're learning how to give names to things, we're trying to provide them with sensory inputs. We buy them books to look at. We buy them toys to play with. We buy them things that force them to think about putting something into a space. And we give them names for the things. That's a triangle. That's a square. That's a rectangle. And so on. That's long. That's short. And so little by little, from the time they're born until the time they enter school, they're learning all the time. I'm sure some of you that are older can remember when you were blown away by the vocabulary your child had or your sibling had. When we talk to our grandchildren on the telephone or on Skype, we're blown away by the words they use to describe the things in their environment. So then we inherit them. We inherit them, meaning the teachers in schools inherit those children. And our job, from the time they begin kindergarten, is to continue the task of providing them with stimulation so they 
conceptualize things. We don't tell them in grade one, now we're doing math, now we're doing language arts, now we're doing music, now we're doing science. In their minds, it's all one because it's all concepts. It's all about conceptual development. And in our next few lessons, we're going to talk about all the things that put limits on what the individual students can learn at one time. We get all these students in our classrooms. Some of them have learning exceptionalities. Some of them have intellectual exceptionalities. Some of them come hungry to school. Some of them come happy to school. Some of them come unhappy to school. Some of, some of them come afraid of the people in their world and other people come ready to listen and eager to participate. When we take over and control the learning that goes on in the classroom, we have to think about all of those factors. And in the next few lessons, we'll talk about what we can do, what we need to do as teachers to help our students develop their concepts so that over time, their conceptual development becomes more literate. And from grade to grade to grade, from year to year to year, hopefully they're becoming more literate, they're becoming more knowledgeable, they're becoming more skillful, and they're becoming more, they have the right affects, their affective response to the world around them is becoming such that they can appreciate what's going on and want to continue to learn. We'll continue next week with, or not next week, with the next lesson with that conceptual development and what we do as teachers. Thank you and bye-bye.